I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Space trash. Trash in space. Space trash. Lifestyles of the rich and Uranus. Space trash. Celebrities, they're trash. But the astrology can help us understand Transmission incoming. <laughs> Greetings, Trashlings. Welcome back to Space Trash. Lost souls, rich in Uranus, and I'm Sarah Armour. I'm Molly Malshine, and we're gathered here to talk about Kirstie Alley, an icon of both of our childhoods, I think, probably. Absolutely. And, and a level seven operating Phaeton. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> according to recently leaked scientology documents so ahead of time let's just say sorry if we sound weird every single thing for recording podcasts is bad the microphones yeah, you... are bad the software is bad yeah if anybody has any like recommendations for remote recording softwares we're open if we were in a studio together it might be the only way that this would sound the level that you guys deserve audio quality wise, but thanks for bearing with us through this guess and check sort of Mars retrograde period. Yeah. Also, I have to say there is no way Meghan Markle's meeting all of these plebes in studio. So they're ha like, I want to know what Maggie's right. using. Cause that's the gotta be the industry standard. Well, but it's also highly likely that one of their 12 Montecito bedrooms has turned into a recording studio. Right, but she's there's no way she's inviting like, you know, the inauguration poet there to do slam right, poetry. Right, true, true, true. On mic, it's sort of a shame that we don't have that much time because I also am kind of dying to talk about. I guess the show will come out and then we can talk about it. But I just want to say the body language bodies. Did you watch the link I sent you? He trashes the trailer and it's so fun. No, I didn't watch it. It's okay. really funny. For people who don't know, the body language body is Jesus Enrique Rojas. <laughs> Jesus Enrique Rojas. He's like an informal sponsor and doesn't even know it of the space. We talk about him. So we probably have talked about him more yeah. than anybody else on this podcast because we love him and hate him, but love him. Yes, he is a body language psycho. He hates yeah. Meghan Markle and he hates Amber Heard and he explains why through body language, except he right. never gets to the point and he never explains anything. He just talks about how they are probably on the sociopathic spectrum because <laughs> they wrinkled one eye a little bit at the wrong moment. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> Pardon me. <clears throat> right. You know who had immaculate body language? Kirstie Alley. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I, she's such a controversial figure because I guess from what we've learned about Scientology, although neither Molly nor I have ever dabbled in the Scientologic arts, but I feel like learning that someone's like a, a real deal, like to the grave Scientologist is one of those like womp, 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 womp kind of things. But other than the fact that I don't even know, do we know what level seven yeah. Thetan means? No, no. Right, right. So and it's exactly. high though. Well, it's so high. one, 
Yeah, one of the things that people were saying about her, and the reason, by the way, that I said she has immaculate body language is because I saw her in person one time. <gasps> well, that's the thing. So that's what I was going to say, too. Like, she, aside from this weird, like, you know, her her religious or lit- literary religious sect that she's a part of, I fucking love her. And I think she's I an elegant, radiant goddess. And she's one of those people that, like, even in her, like, most cracked out or most, I guess, I don't know if you can say that, but even in her most like drug addled or like obese states, she was still like, and it's in her chart. We'll talk about it. But like, she's still so like sexy and attractive somehow. Yes. Like, she, she never lost her cool. She's one of the coolest of all time. Just objectively. Magnetic. Just like, yeah. so cool. I saw her in so park, cool. park restaurant <gasps> in Philadelphia, which is, you know, the Carbone of Philly. It's the Beverly right. Hills hotel of Philly. Really? You always see people there, like Kendall Jenner and Cory Booker. No, Devin, whatever. Allegedly, they hung out there. Like Cory Booker. Yeah, Cory Booker. I mean, <laughs> wouldn't that be an amazing rumor to start? It, Cory Booker's now with Kendall Jenner. I love that. They're all going to the, get to politics. It's in the realm of possibility. TV. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Unfortunately. So um, I saw her there with Maxim Schmerkovsky when she was right after she was on Dancing with the Stars, which do you think they actually had an affair because they weren't on the show anymore? I think she was in town for a QVC thing and they were together with a huge entourage at Park and she was lighting the place up like a fucking sad lamp. I'm telling you, she was like a <laughs> loomy phone case, just beams of light shooting out of her skin across the entire restaurant. Like she was luminous and stunning. Do you think they banged? I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, I do think that, like, being on Dancing with the Stars is a way to, like, for a man and a woman, or at least, or, or same sex, but, like, I think it's a way that people that would generally bang may actually forge a sincere adult friendship without it being sexual because the whole thing is so I mean it's so intimate to to do dancing with the stars and to have a partner and so I don't I don't know if I think they I I would need to look at his chart I guess but like they definitely did have a suspiciously long-term very close relationship that that we all knew about I like to think they bang just because I you know I love a little I love a little sack action after a big dance show but I don't know I think it's highly possible that like I think it's highly possible that they didn't I mean when you do hear what I do know is like she'll talk about her like deep love for Swayze and Travolta both of which she like kissed and had said like she said on Big Brother like she wanted to have like hardcore affairs with both of them and that she's still in love with Travolta but that ultimately she respects marriage and she would never want to actually engage in an extramarital mm-hmm. affair on either side no matter what so I don't is Maxim married remind me yeah, he's married to another pro now he was single right. when this was going on and the other thing about Dancing with the Stars is you know, they are like kind of all flirting with danger by going on there because if you right. have the chemistry and the flirtation, the people people root for you more. And if you're married, not married, I think they were both single at the time, so it was like fair game. And they were definitely stoking the flames. And like they were, I don't think they were, there's no way they were contractually obligated to go to this restaurant in Philly together. Do you know what I mean? Like that uh, was yeah. not, <laughs> that was not a PR stunt. So maybe they just became, well, no, I think, who knows? I think they were sincerely close. Like I think yeah. they were showing up in public together. I don't know if it was for PR or if they were just like proud of the work that they did in their newfound friendship, but like, yeah, they definitely were close. And I guess that's just sort of, you know, you know, can men and women be friends? Yeah. So her book, her memoir is called The Art of Men. 
Did you read um, it? Oh, it's called The Art of Men. Wow, I love yes. this bitch. Fuck. I know. I read it years ago, and I can't really remember much of it. So uh, I decided to take a, a little perusal back through it today because I remembered that there was an entire chapter on Scientology. Oh, good work. And something else that I need to say, you can't get mad at me for saying this. I'm saying it because this is what it, it says. Never. The first chapter in the book is called The Art of... <laughs> The first chapter in the book is called The Art of Retarded Young Men. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? That is so fucking awesome. Wait, when was the book when was the book published? 2012. Okay. I don't what I think it was saying? retarded in 2012. I don't think we were. I mean, maybe we were in New Jersey, but I think that, like, <laughs> if you had a book deal, you weren't supposed to be saying it by then. Well, the really crazy thing, though, is, like, not only does that, like, unfortunately deeply resonate and make me want to read the book, <laughs> but it's still less <laughs> offensive than Christy, Christy Teigen mentioning Courtney Stodden's brown pee in her cookbook. So it's like, I don't know, very little offends <laughs> me after that. Okay, do you want me to start reading it? I'm going to read so a little bad. bit of it. Midway through filming Look Who's Talking To with John Travolta, we were night shooting in an airport in Vancouver. It was about 2 o'clock a.m. and it was freezing. I couldn't wait to wrap and get back to my cozy hotel room. Turns out I was one month pregnant and it was really hard to stay awake. I recall being so tired that if I'd fallen into the gutter and a Nazi put a luger to my head and threatened to blow my brains out, if I didn't rise, I would have told him to pull the trigger. Okay. <laughs> oh wait, my also, God. wait. That is in the chapter of retarded men? Listen, now we get into the... Now we get in. Okay. Yeah, which I was going to say, okay, opening with an imaginary Nazi scenario. Strong mm -hmm. open, Kirstie. Mm -hmm. Strong open. Just as we were filming the last shot of the evening, an airline captain approached me. He informed me that his 20-year-old retarded son had recently taken his... literal. Yes. Oh, just be... That had almost taken his life. He had been badly burned and had broken both legs and an arm. He told me his son was my number one fan and that he brought him to the set... To meet me, he inquired as to whether it was possible right after he finished shooting that I could come into the hangar and take just a minute to meet him. Suddenly, me being pregnant and freezing my ass off didn't have much relevance. A retarded, it wasn't politically incorrect to say the word. A retarded! Back then, badly burned and broken lad had traveled all the way just to meet me. Of course, I said yes. When we finally completed the final shot of the night, the director yelled, Cut, print, wrap. Don escorted me to the hangar, and I set eyes on the poor, retarded, bandaged young man oh sitting in a wheelchair. God. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I took a deep breath because he was covered in gauze and splints and was more damaged than I'd imagined. When I approached him and began to laugh and gyrate in his wheelchair back and forth, he, oh no, she doesn't have sex with him, does she? He was ecstatic to meet me. There are times being a celebrity really pays off to bring that much joy to an individual is dot, 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 joyous. He put his bandaged hand out. I took it. He said in his retarded way, I love you. She implies retarded voice. I reciprocated I love you too. He pulled me close. I wasn't even going to read this whole chapter. I thought it was like you thought a metaphor or something like that. No, I'm, I'm literally about to buy the book. I know. I'm sold. Um, this is the best thing that you could do for her book ever. <laughs> I know. They keep saying to each other, I love you, I love you too. He pro proclaimed, I love you so much in the sort of half real, half anxiety ridden way you'd act if a retarded boy was mauling you. He, holded me, he was holding me so tightly, it was actually hurting me. But he was retarded, so I persevered. This is the words of the book! Oh my god. I can't believe also this is the first 
chapter of the book. She's like, I know. I'll tell you where it all begins. It all begins with that retarded pilot's Bradley burned son. Yeah. Okay. So what she's saying fuck? that she's in the set and everyone's watching the 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 man, the young man, like hug her and freak out, and she is like waiting for someone to pull him off of her because he won't let go. I really started to flip my shit and I began began tearing up. My eyes were welling and my mind was racing as I tried to pry the broken, retarded, burning, humping young man off me. My panic increased. You guys, he's going to get hurt. John, I'm pregnant. Help us. Somebody please help us. Like a bad dream of being stuck in the middle of a satanic coven. The ring of camera crew directors, John, the retarded boy's father, and everyone else began laughing like jackals. I almost fainted. Then the retarded boy leaped up and started ripping his... Sarah, holy fuck. You're going to freak out. (laughs) Started ripping his bandages from his face. Was it a miracle? Had this retarded young man's love for me healed him? No, it was Woody Harrelson. Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. Whoa. I'm, oh, oh. It was Woody Harrelson. A much much simpler time. A much simpler time. (laughs) What? This is. Hadn't had a single clue. It was the perfect caper. He wasn't even filming in Vancouver. No, he had traveled all the way from LA just to trick me. The entire cast and crew were in on the prank. To this day, Woody and I remain excellent friends. I would do anything for Woody, and he would do anything for me or to me. What? And she used the word 60 times, and it turns out she was referring to Woody Harrelson. I mean, that's retarded. (laughs) (laughs) If we're using it. No, you know, it's one of those things where it's like obviously – Everything about that story, especially with the kicker being that it's Woody Harrelson, is like technically so like lowbrow, disrespectful, whatever. And and yet and still, again, like how I feel about her being in level seven Creton or whatever Theton. Mm-hmm. I, lo- I love it. I love it. Fuck. It's so chaos. chaotic and funny and inappropriate and oh my god, Kirsty. And for that to be the opening chapter it's like yeah it's funny to think if we're sitting with a book editor and someone going yeah 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 how about you put the retarded harrelson story first and it's like okay okay right it's like i know the book industry is competitive but you didn't have to give all the goods away right up front i mean i i can't even imagine where the book goes from here all right let's go through i'm gonna just quickly go through uh i can't believe that story i mean wow Wow. I, L- I know. L. Kirsty. You know, I will say this. One of the things that I think is remarkable about Kirsty while you're finding the passage is that for the most part, I'm extremely triggered by like comedic actresses. It's like Anna Faris is not a comedian, you know? Kirsty right. Alley is one of the best, genuinely best comedic actresses of all time. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, just- like, so it's like she's not a comedian, but like, what a funny person. It. I can't believe the name of that chapter was The Art of Retarded Young Men. And it's actually about the art of Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Tending okay. There be a retarded young man mauling her. There's and he another. He was doing the voice. He was doing the voice. I know. That is oh absurd. It is so fucked up. But I also guess, like, okay. She was, she was filming Look Who's Talking to. That was in right, the So it was early like the 90s. 90s. Yeah. That was like the height of humor back then. 100%. We have to be honest that, like. Yeah. That was, I mean, also, I mean, we were also like seven 
So it was definitely the height of humor for us grown adults. I don't know. I wasn't one back then, but so, you know, we can't judge too harshly, whatever. There's another chapter called the art of queers, which I think I can't even get into. We're going to have to Patreon that. I'm down though. Yeah. And so there's also the art of anal sex. Okay, yeah, we're going to have to do a... De- should I read this book and then we can discuss on the page? I think I, I think I actually am going to buy this book right now. Oh, she has an entire chapter on Maxim Schmierkowski. It's called... What? The Art of Max. So I guess oh, that was my. before this even happened. Anyway, the Scientology one is The Art of Not Dying. And again, no one can get mad at us because we're quoting... Kirstie Alley we've made it clear we love her and respect her as a performer uh just because she was into Scientology we're not making fun of her people on Twitter were hating on me saying I was being disrespectful because I wrote about her own words about Scientology well guess what I think if she was here today she would be the first to admit that she read all of Dianetics while doing coke Right, right. That was the whole thing. Right. The reason that, like, when she became a Scientologist, she was in the middle of an overblown cocaine addiction. Right. So, okay. The chapter is called The Art of Not Dying. The first sentence is, uh, I'd done enough cocaine to kill several people. I weighed 112 pounds. I couldn't be anywhere comfortably. It was 1979 and I was engaged to Jake. I had the most gorgeous eternity ring full of half carat diamonds encircling the band. We didn't have the term in 1979, but I was a hot mess. I looked sexy and cool, but I was a complete lunatic. She says so many times in this chapter how amazing she looked because she was so emaciated because of the coke. It's hilarious. This is what I really don't understand about her life and why I need to reread this book. She was already rich before she became an actress. But she was from Kansas. I don't remember how or why. I guess, like, well, in Kansas, I guess, like, what it means to be rich is different. Like, she probably just had, like, a parent that was had a job. Well, she was, like, lo- yeah, like, she, she was, like, local gentry kind of thing. But, like, she was a cokehead, and she had, um, you know, designer jeans. She had well, been to she- L.A. a few times. She wasn't an actress yet. Like, she kind of lived a whole life before she even went to L.A. But anyway, we yeah, we have to read this. We have to reread. We have, have to, to read, re-read like, it literally, it. we're just going to read this tonight. Yeah, we we're going to read it. This. I'm, I'm dying to, yeah. So, okay. Um, she's, she's on this cocaine binge. She drives to her friend's house 50 miles away. Another friend shows up and gives her Valium. I don't even know why she included this because it has nothing to do with anything. Then she goes home and she, someone gives her a copy of Dianetics, which is L. Ron Hubbard's book that's considered one of the, you know, foundational texts of Scientology written in Bayhead, New Jersey, by the way. Okay, flex. I know. Um, so, so she's got, um, Dianetics. And she's talking about how she used to love Jesus, but she wasn't sure as I, so now, okay. She's like, I had a white bedroom, white walls, ceiling, carpet, and bath. And I draped myself on my white chaise longue with my white cocaine to read my new book, Dianetics by L. Ron Hubbard. Hubbard. When I returned to Wichita, I did read it while I was snorting cocaine from a silver tray and drinking limeades. Life is good. Yeah. And then she's like, the only thing I knew about Scientology is I had driven past the Redondo Beach Scientology Center and everyone had nice cars. So I continued snorting line after line of cocaine and reading Dianetics. I began to wonder what was true, what was real. And like, it's so funny because she never really is like, maybe I shouldn't, shouldn't have made this like life altering decision while I was railing lines alone 
with a BMI of like 80. Negative, but negative five. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. She goes through it and she's like, you know, she reads Dianetics. She liked it a lot. She ends up um, driving straight from Kansas to LA. It takes her 26 days because she has to stop for drugs along the way. This is what I'm saying. Where is this money coming from? What is going on? Okay, well, she, I did, I'm looking it up. She was, she was an interior designer. She was a successful interior designer. That's a and, fake rich lady career. Right. I mean, it says her father owned a lumberyard. I think she was just like squarely middle class. Like, without any money, I find a way to buy drugs too. It's like, I, I think, I, what I want to know though is just like, this is pre-cell phones, pre-internet. How was she finding the drugs? Right. How did they do it? We'll have to have my mom on for that interview. And <laughs> I mean, allegedly. And also she's on husband number two. She's already got a divorce under her belt at this point. She is engaged a second time. I mean, I don't know how she's doing it. We could all learn something. So overachiever. Gets, seriously. She would be beyond viral on bimbo TikTok. So she she goes into how um she finished reading Dianetics and she went to the Scientology Center and did a class and she said she never did drugs again. And so now she's a devotee of Scientology. But didn't she do drugs? Like, I feel like she had some major drug moments in the time that we knew her. And I also feel like she only had two marriages and they were both while she was famous. So I don't really get the whole timeline. Well, she starts cheating on the fiance right now. Oh, so they're not married yet. Right. Or fiance. But the, no, the first husband was just in Kansas. I'm pretty sure. Hmm. And his Come name on. was Bob Alley. Oh, she kept yeah. his name. I think they had the same name. I read that somewhere in passing today what? and I was like, Oh, oh yeah, yeah, her father wait, her yeah, her father is Robert Alley. Yes, yeah, so, so Alley. For some reason she and her husband had the same last name. No, her husband and yes. her father had the same name. Her father's oh Robert God, her... Alley. That's Bob Alley. What in God's name? I hope she talks about that in the book. That's like who just got married? Taylor Lautner just married someone else. His name is Taylor L. So now they're both Taylor Lautner. <laughs> so weird. So, funny. so so weird and funny. Okay, totally. so Allie meets Allie. They get married. They get divorced. Now she is engaged to this other guy. She's cheating on him with a drug dealer in L.A. She's already read Dianetics by this point. But mm -hmm. she goes to the Scientology Center, and she takes a class, and she says she never did drugs again. She's, she maintains that, like, her big thing, this whole chapter in the book, um, like I said, it's from 2012. Tom Cruise's viral you're being glib Matt moment when he said that Brooke Shields was irresponsible for taking medication for her postpartum depression. That was in 2005. So this most of this chapter is devoted after she gets into the drug backstory and how she started um, in Scientology. She basically just talks about Scientology's perspective on drugs for a while. And Which she's like, we, what it, can you button it up for us? Remember what it is? Yeah, so basically she is like, Scientology is complete 180 from from uh, psychiatry. They are complete opposite. <laughs> Hilarious. I know, it's like- Very uh, funny. Okay. I, I don't know if I would lead with that, but okay. <laughs> yeah, she's like, she, she says they believe in the diagnoses, but they don't believe in the amount of prescriptions. They believe that doctors are over-prescribing people, and they believe that a lot of these pharmacological solutions can precipitate violent events later down the road. And it's like, okay, you know, having lived in Europe now for four years, uh, I would say America is over-prescribing. Definitely. Just about I every drug. Our medicine system has kind of, like, butt-fucked itself because, like, the reason that, like, anti-vax and, like, the whole vaccine craze was so controversial is because 
big pharma has become such an enemy of the people in this. It's like, it's like we've sort of like married science yeah. and business. And so now everybody's kind of confused about like, what is, what is like, what is being done from like an altruistic medical helpful sense versus like, is America just getting everybody hooked on drugs so the big pharma and the government gets paid? Right. And also like doing speed is fun. So let me say I need it to clean my house because it's always going to be better to clean your house on speed well it's like yeah i mean i get where i think being a a super skinny cokehead in texas as an interior designer married to someone with your father's name it's like on some level it's like it's good it's good as it's gonna get (laughs) (laughs) wait what does that have to do with the pharmaceutical well it's not like pharmaceutical but it's just like drugs like it's like like okay you can have a problem with big pharma kirstie but it's like you don't have a problem with drugs right 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 right. like and she and like there might be some drugs that like i think it's just so hard because it's one of those things where it's like you know of course prescription drugs are super easy to use and abuse they also Mm. save people's lives so it's kind of like everybody needs to be a responsible adult and take many approaches to healing their their souls exactly it's such a fine line between like like medical treatment and abuse and Mm -hmm. you know it's just funny living somewhere where they don't have adderall like it's literally not a thing here like everyone functions fine without it great you know it's like no nobody's like the the country's like itching no one needs it to finish their homework the wheels aren't falling off the country you know and like xanax and things like that also like no one smokes weed here and everyone does coke so weird cultural things, you know. Is there still violence? Yeah, but it's well, with like machetes and stuff. Okay, I I almost would rather have a violent Adderall psychotic outburst from Britney slamming her you know umbrella into a windshield than be slashed with a sober machete. So I don't know. Take your pick. Pick your poison. I know, but it's the gun thing. Like sometimes when I'm in the <laughs> store, I'm like I don't have to worry about mass shooting, but like a guy could come in with a machete. I don't even know what that is. But also, dude, a machete is like the most manual and obvious. Like, I don't. How does anybody get away with doing public violent crimes with a machete? I feel like there's no way to be discreet with a machete. I know there was a guy like a couple years ago in London who killed like three people at a supermarket with a machete. I know. Insane. I know. I know. Anyway, that could be the cocaine. I want to say though, if maybe prescription drugs would help, I think that is a very cocaine sort of vibe. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Another thing, um, yeah, that's the other thing. Like, yeah, no one has Adderall here, but, like, the amount of cocaine that is done, maybe it's because people are desperately in search of Adderall. I don't know. You know, I don't know the answers. I don't know what's good. I don't know what's bad. This is a machete. It's a machete. It's like a sword. It's, it's just a sword. a sword. Yeah, yeah. You'd have to be, like, walking around with it on, like, a belt clip. You're right. Or, like, it wouldn't even be, fit like... in a backpack. This is bigger than any laptop that's ever been made. Like He-Man, like I have the power, like you pull it out of your, yeah, really weird. But yeah, she also has a really convenient (laughs) theory about, um, about drugs in this chapter because she's like, oh, I used Valium to help me taper off of Coke when I was on a big bender right before I discovered Scientology. Um, And then later on, she's like, you know, we don't like to prescribe medication for these things, but Valium is okay because it's short term. And it's like- Okay, sure. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's also, a couple people that would tell you that value ruined their lives, so like just ignore them. Right. It's short term if you can keep it short term. Like right. I, which I don't know. So maybe those those incidents you're talking about where she is she appeared maybe not to be fully with it, maybe those were short term valium incidents. Which in which case counts as a prescription drug. It's short term. 
Yeah, totally fine. Fabulous, fabulous. Totally cool. She also says in this chapter that she 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 talks about electroshock therapy and lobotomies as proof that Scientology is the right way to handle mental health crises. Oh yeah, and we're gonna like, have to read this book. We're gonna have to read this book. I mean, what a reach! What a reach! It's like what? But she says at the time of this writing. 100,000 people per year were given electroshock therapy, which was rebranded to ECT. But I mean, again, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know. But yeah, she's basically like Scientology. You you reach deep within yourself to help with your addictions and your issues. She says the first school, like pharmaceuticals, has concluded that these diseases are genetic and are problems of chemical imbalances in the brain, such as low serotonin levels. Because their assumptions are based on the body itself, their solution is to first treat the body with talk therapy and powerful mind-altering drugs that can affect brain chemistry. If that doesn't work, it's on to electroshock. And as a last resort, a lobotomy, currently called psychosurgery. It's like... I would rather have an antidepressant than lobotomy, for sure. Yeah, she's saying, like, if you go down the pharmaceutical path, it ends in lobotomy. Oh, yeah, and Lol. it's like... Yeah, give me an example, Kirstie. Give me... Yeah. I would like some... I would like a few case studies of who's got... Who's been lobotomized when, when SSRIs just didn't do the trick. Right. Like, post-1980, at least. I mean, they did used to do it. One of the... One of JFK's sisters was lobotomized because... Um, they couldn't... They couldn't deal. They didn't want her to be, like, embarrassing the family, allegedly. I just realized something. You know why she might have had money? Why? Well, it's okay. I'm looking at this thing right now. It says that she started doing cocaine when she divorced her first husband, who has the same name as her father, Bob Alley, Bob Alley. Mm -hmm. And she might have gotten money in the divorce. That's what it has to be. Right. Yeah. Because she also has, like, um, the fucking... Uh, what the fuck is this brand name that she talks about? It's not Ferragamo jeans. It's these really, really trendy late 70s, early 80s jeans that she's got on when she arrives at the Scientology Center. It's like, yeah, she was rich. Like, she was living like a rich lady. And she still, like I said, had not been in Hollywood yet. So that's Yeah, it must have really been the divorce settlement. Yeah. But so, okay, she, she doesn't really explain what actually they do. Okay, she goes, then we have a school of thought that's 180 degrees opposite, and that school is called Scientology. You see people with the same disorders come through the doors with their multitudes of manifestations. But what happens within is different. Mr. Hubbard, this is the guy who wrote Dianetics, has no dispute with the various bazillion diagnoses within the pages of DSM. He believes in anxiety, depression, blah, 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 blah. But he believes people can be made better, dramatically better, without drugs, without analysis, and without psychosurgery or ECT. Seems impossible, right? The, the function of Scientology churches is to make the able more able. They are not rehab facilities for criminals or predators. There is a social betterment program called Criminon based on the writings of L. Ron Hubbard and geared to help rehabilitate criminals in prison, but it is not part of the church. Um, that's sort of know. ridiculous. So it's like, it's like, okay, not part of the church is a little bit like. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. 
you know, I don't know. It's it's sort of it's like okay, but for the record, anything L. Ron Hubbard leads, okay, maybe it's not part of like what you do in the church. But right. if it's an L. Ron Hubbard program, Zap, whatever, they're, they're a Scientology program. Right. And, I mean, it's like Will and Jada saying their school wasn't a Scientology school. Like, it was. Mm-hmm. It was a Scientology school. Mm-hmm. And she also says that, oh, the other thing about Scientology is they use the same, basically the same thing as Catholicism, confession. You hold those two things and you say right. everything you've done wrong, but they record it. So the theory is people think they use that to blackmail you and that's how they get all these people to stay because makes sense to me. Yeah, but I that's not confirmed. Um she she also had a bad therapist once. I'd gone to a psychologist for about a month before I read Dianetics. His best advice was to stop doing cocaine and do manual labor like cleaning my house and mowing the yard. It's kind of like a Jordan Peterson 1.0 type type thing yeah but I mean, it's bad advice because those are yeah but those are two things that are specifically easier when you're on blow that's so true yeah exactly that's yep tell her to hole, meditate hole in the theory he also advised staying away from my mother for a while which is hilarious i immediately did all those things if it was her mom her her plug or something i immediately <laughs> did all those things and felt better on subsequent visits though he began to analyze me and tell me why i was the way i was and he lost me. It didn't help that he was wearing socks with sandals. And it really didn't help that his evaluation was dead wrong. No, I hadn't been molested or wanted to screw my dad, nor was I a bedwetter. Well, you did marry someone named Bob Alley, Kirstie. <laughs> yeah, like, didn't, he didn't just pull that out of his ass. But the other thing is, like, also during this time period, I think the late 70s into the 80s, kind of, people were, start, like, psychiatrists were starting to do that sort of... Um, recovered memory type therapy which has been widely debunked so i wonder like it's possible that this therapist was a quack i mean there's so many quack therapists out there and she's like in like who knows what kind of i mean anybody listening from wichita kansas i have no idea this is not a judgment but i will say that like i'm not sure that that's where like the leading like psychological minds are going to do this work you know right fiorucci the genes were fiorucci oh my god fiorucci yeah. So she says my weight was 112. Again, she says it again. And I was five foot eight. I'll admit if you didn't look at my glassy dilated eyes just from the neck down, I looked badass in my skin tight Fiorucci jeans and five inch heels. But my mind and spirit were dead as dirt. I'd take it. Yeah, I would say that also. I would write that in my memoir. I'd be like, Listen. I would write it that thousand times. Yeah, you I was had... five eight and a hundred and twelve pounds. Yeah. You Everybody had to remember me that way. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd be like, You you really had to see. Like, yes, I was in a manic episode in this yeah. post breakup. Kim is triggering Kim Kardashian's triggering me right now because she's so clearly in not eating food. Not eating food and in that post breakup place, which like yeah. I look back at pictures of myself after my last breakup before I started dating Nick and I was like skeletal and I looked like such an idiot. I was dressing like I was 16 and I was like posting all these like faces on Instagram, like posting pictures on Instagram where I have like that fucking blow up doll face. Like, like I'm (laughs) And that's smiling. And I'm, I look back now and I'm like, oh my God, this, like, this was such a cry for help. I'm sure all my friends were like, is Molly going to be okay? You know? Uh, yeah. I mean, I have the same, I have the same thing. Like there's like a series of pictures that Desi and I have, I think I said this, but we met up in Florida in like 2018. We were both going through like a really hard time and we both were like stick 
thin and we bought these like matching bikinis from Marshalls or whatever. And I did these like photo shoots on the beach for hours. When you look back at the pictures, they look fucking horrible. Yeah. Like, and like, and our skin is both like gray. It's like, (laughs) and like desperate, like you can feel the the desperation. And that's why it like, that's how Kim feels to me too. Kim, I am having trouble. Then like, well, we can do it on the Patreon. We can talk about it later, but Kim and North's TikToks really make my blood boil. I am so turned off by them. It feels dark. Dark. Everything is dark now with the Kardashians, with Kanye, obviously, who we disavow, like, even though we were both stands for way too long. We tried to stand so long, but I mean, that's, it goes to show you though, that's why I think you can also see where I would get stuck in toxic relationships for too long, you know, because it's like, I want so badly to not surrender to the fact that this person might be an asshole. Same. I do that too. I make excuses for everyone. Like, I mean... When he said he had to take 10 showers after he broke up with Amber Rose, that should have been the end for me. I know. Like, he hated women always. And I made (laughs) excuses for that. And then, like, he gets mad at a group I'm not even a part of. And that's when I'm like, this is beyond the pale. Like, what kind of fucking masochist am I? Yeah, but the reason now it's different is because, I mean, the whole thing is that, like, truth be told, astrologically, like, World War II, like, the Holocaust happened while the nodes were in Taurus and Scorpio and the astrology is not that dissimilar so it's like aside from like Kanye now leading the Nazi party um as the leading white supremacist in the United States somehow he it's like the fear is like is there another Hitler that's going to emerge and like I don't know could they target a different group I don't I guess it's like Jews Jews gotta go someone slightly more palatable take up the mantle of what Kanye has started it's 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 wild And I'm embarrassed and I have to say everyone, like my cousin Rory, I actually like borderline ruined one day of her bachelorette party because I got in such a big fight with her friend about whether Kanye is an asshole or not. (gasps) It was probably like 2013 and I was like, no, he's misunderstood. Like, I feel I've been saying the same. I know. And, but also I will stand by him stealing the VMA from Taylor was hilarious. I, again, like, like Kirstie and look. And helped her more than it hurt her. Oh, totally. And like the fucked up thing is like, so the difference is like, I'm Jewish and I'm doing everything in jest, but a lot of like the shitty stuff he said on Alex Jones, I've actually used to do jokes of the same line of thinking, but like, I'm obviously joking, whereas he's like like, not joking. Right. It's like, it's like, yes, obviously Hitler was a very good leader. Yeah. No shit. Like he led an entire country into mass genocide, but like, that's never the goal. Well, it was the goal. That, that and I don't know. Time. But I guess that's my question. Like, we'll, we'll talk about it on the Patreon, but it's like, is that Kanye's goal? Does he want to lead this? Does he, is he hoping that there's a mass genocide of the Jews? And how does he not know that that's what he's, like, like creating with all of his rhetoric? Right. All these people who are like, oh, like, they're trying to prove him right by saying, not that many people, just a few people on the internet, mostly anonymously, because they know it's fucked up, are being like, well, you know, you can tell it's all true because this is the one group you can't talk about. And it's like, no, this is the one group you can't talk about because it's the one group that in like recent collective Western memory was fucking murdered in on a mass scale with a genocide. And yes, there are other genocides going on as we speak. And there have been since then, but I'm talking in Europe, in the Western world. Like that's why we have a pretty low tolerance for this. Our grandparents, fought in that war or were in the fucking camps like right 
that's it's not be... because there's a secret control going on and they flip a switch about it right it's because there are still holocaust survivors living to this day who we are spending the rest of their lives making it up to it's like the most yeah. traumatic thing imaginable and it's also scary because like to be fair it's not the only group if he was if he would replace jews with any other okay kim's armenian if he started being like yeah all the armenians are satanic it would still be a problem (laughs) you can't you can't like the whole idea of like blanket generalizing a group of people uh, and you know ethnic or racial or whatever is completely asinine It, it, it there's there's no benefit of it at all yeah i don't think he even has a goal i think he's just trying to push as far as he can to look like the biggest contrarian that ever lived and yeah I agree, actually. And the other thing, too, is, okay, we were talking about this off mic the other day, and then we can get back to Kirsty. but it's like, you, you, you posted something that was like, I think it's fair to say, like, this isn't a manic episode, he is just a total asshole. And I will say this, I still think it could be a manic episode, and the only reason that I say that is because, um, actually, now this person I'm about to talk about is famous because of the... He, his devout support of the, I guess, so maybe I'm not actually helping my case here, but the, his devout support of Nixium leader, Ranieri, whatever his name is. Oh, Keith um, Ranieri. Keith Ranieri. So he's, so now this guy, Mark, is a, Mark Mark, is a, is a major advocate for Ranieri, and he says that he healed his Tourette's. James, my ex-boyfriend, knew him from high school, and one day, um, Mark Mark was doing a speech on Martha's Vineyard when we were Wait, his name's Mark Mark? Well, it was Mark, but it was Mark Mark. Why you is know. it Mark Mark? Well, I'm not, again, I, I'm, well, he had Tourette's is the thing, but everybody called him Mark Mark. I don't know if it was because he was had Tourette's, but that was his nickname either way. So it's okay. We started this podcast talking about retarded men that were actually Woody Harrelson. So I feel like now all bets are off. But anyway, the bottom line is he was like this like super sweet, like n- kind of nerdy, but cute, like l- really lovely person, except that when he would have a Tourette's, um, I don't even know what you call it. Oh my God, your hair looks so good. When he would have a Tourette's flare-up, he would say the most insulting racist shit. Right, but that's not what bipolar is. Well, I know. I'm just saying that, like, in... I think when your brain... I think when your subconscious takes the reins and, like, you're not actually fully... I don't even know how He's to put functioning it. enough to he paid Milo Yiannopoulos $116,000 to consult on his presidential campaign. He is functioning right now. Yeah, but you don't like, think that's like a manic choice? Yeah, but like he's able to go to the bank, get the money out. Like he's not a yeah, crazy yeah, guy yeah, on a subway yeah. platform. You know what I mean? And like if he was just like and and it's lasted for so long. I don't think that like yeah. really, you know, I I know people in my family that are like bipolar and it's like to latch onto hatred of one group is not a hallmark. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like yeah. it, it's more like just, it, it, it wouldn't be, he's sitting there and he's coming across completely clear headed and saying these things. Like he's thinking hard about this stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. he's really sitting yeah, there shit. and going through it in his head and being like, he, he's applying logic to like why it's okay for him to say this and why it's a conspiracy against him right well but that's the thing but like how i guess i don't understand where well i guess we can talk about it later i know you have to go but it's like your hair is coming out fucking gorgeous molly has giant rollers in okay gigantic i look like um 
I probably look like Kirstie Alley in the 80s. She, I was going to say, this. this is actually a perfectly Kirstie Alley aesthetic. Oh, my God. And Drop Dead Gorgeous. I was going to ask you, like, what are your top favorite? Like, Drop Dead Gorgeous might be, it's at least top three favorite movies of all time. It's one of the funniest yeah. movies I've ever seen in my life. It's it in is, my top five, for sure. And it, it's a top five, for sure. And it, and it holds up. Like, if you yeah. watch it to this day, it is absolutely a genius comedy phenom i love it so much it's so dark and so fucked up i mean but it's so fucking funny like so i don't funny. mind dark and fucked up when it's oh is that, i love i prefer it i prefer right, it right to be like clear. I go, I go there that, if you got jokes go yeah. if you got jokes go there if you don't have jokes shut the fuck up but if you got jokes try them i was saying that as a as a good thing not yeah. as like well no, it's, it's dark beyond. but i like it no the dark that's the appeal of it Oh my God, your hair looks so good. Thank you. Wait, where are you going? I'm going to a work Christmas party night. It's not my work, it's someone else's. But the theme of this Christmas party is 1970s New York. Oh, how on brand. This is in honor of Kirsty. But it's also so funny because I'm like, I I think they mean Studio 54. But oh. like, <laughs> 1970s New York is like cocaine, porn right. in Times Square. Right, right. Panic right. and Needle Park. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're gonna go there with like a needle sticking out of your arm, like ready to party. Yeah, like am I seventies enough? That's and fucking so like funny. Iggy Pop, like it's so funny. <laughs> like it's very clear that it was a European that came up with the theme. Very cute. But yeah, I'm gonna assume they meant Studio Fifty Four. So I'm Definitely. doing sort of the. I think that's the safest stuff. assumption. Yeah, yeah. So okay, what can you tell me about Kirstie Alley's astrology? In do a pretty quick guess? manner, unfortunately, because I do have to go to my uh, my heroin party soon. I think she's got to <laughs> have a lot of Leo. The only thing I can think of is Leo, Leo, Leo. She is the most Leonine. Even her face is Leo. Um, so that's my only guess. Tell me what. Tell me what it is. Oh, and and she's got to have some Capricorn and Taurus because the girl was jobless wearing Fiorucci jeans yeah. and blowing lines. That's the girl who likes her creature comforts, I would say, and knows how to get them. So. And who doesn't? Yeah, I've got to say Leo with a, with a lot of earth. So Kirstie Alley is a Capricorn son. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Very good work. And a Pisces moon conjunct her north node in Pisces. We're twins. In a way, yeah. Like, when I saw the chart, I was like, oh, I love this. Like, and you also have the same Venus. So her Venus is also in Aquarius. Her Mars is in Aquarius. What's really fascinating is that Kirstiali's Chiron is at the, what we call the galactic center. It's basically like the that sun. sounds like a Scientology Well, that what I was going to say is. Florida. I was going to say, actually, like, what, what any, anytime you read about Scientology, like, I just want to be like, hey, like, astrology does kind of cover these bases and, like, the ancients used it. It's not just this guy, Elrond, you know? Like, it's yeah. sort of like, go to astrology first. But um, but her Chiron is at the galactic center at 27 degrees. So anybody in your chart, if you have anything at a very late degree of Sagittarius, in this moment in time, it, it, it sort of moves very slowly. You know, our, our solar system is moving. But the galactic center is basically, like, it's thought to be a very like highly concentrated divine energetic portal. So, you know, like we are orbiting the sun. Our galaxy is orbiting the galactic center. Okay. So this is like the sun. It's, it's known as like the spiritual sun in the sky. So her wound is exactly on this 
galactic center and her Mercury is very nearby at one degree Capricorn, which I think is why not only is she able to talk about her addiction and her problems in a way that doesn't like scare people away or terrify them, but I also think it's, it's part because of she's why not she, the whole time. Well, <laughs> but it's also because like she, she's, I think, well, there's a lot in her chart that's very hot, but it's like, I think she's a very, I think part of why she's a very good actor is because she sort of, when she communicates on some level, she's like expressing the the collective pain and so she's super even though she's like super hot and a scientologist cokehead she's super relatable for some reason yeah and i think that's part of why and i think what's fascinating is on her day of departure from this earth on her day on her death day mercury was exactly conjunct the galactic center so it's almost like the messenger and what is mercury mercury is the messenger god of communication that is the only one of the sort of mythological planetary archetypes that's able to travel between the underworld and the the above ground world that sort of is is how we connect to both the as below as above so below Mm -hmm. so it's interesting it's like mercury came through hit her chiron on the galactic center and sort of just the the communication just kind of it's almost like it was like okay now like go to the other dimension yeah i'll walk with you to the other dimension girl so where's her leo do we not know because we don't have her birth time the only thing that we know that she has leo in her chart is her pluto which not for nothing her pluto is exactly opposite her mars so what does that mean it means that she does kind of carry this incredibly powerful sexuality that is almost like with all the Aquarius too. It's like almost like otherworldly, and so. But she she actually doesn't she is have otherworldly, but it is. Her, her, I mean, her, she is one of the sexiest people that's ever lived. I I love her. Yeah, me too. Her first big role was in Star Trek, a Star Trek thing as like a sexy alien woman. Wow. Also, did you see what my name is? What I put my name to be? Look who's talking, Jew. Yeah, I really liked that. I mean, that's a good. That's apt. I mean, that could be the, your first special. Oh my god. Well, could could it be the name? I guess we shouldn't title that. Nobody's gonna click it. Nobody's searching. Look who's talking, Jew. But it is kind of. She's could it be learning. the subtitle? He's learning. I know. SEO. I'm learning SEO. I know it's the new man. They do man. But anyway, it's my little joke. I want everybody to know. I'm look who's talking, Jew. But anyway, um, yeah. So you and Kirstie Alley have the exact same North Node. And and the other interesting thing that I wanted to say on behalf of you before you go, Kirstie Alley's sun is in Capricorn, her moon and her north node are in Pisces. What's interesting too, if I had to guess beforehand what I would have guessed, if I I kind of have always thought she was a Pisces for some reason. Like mm-hmm. she sort of has Piscean energy to me. But what the I will hair. say is, yeah, you know, the hair, the voice, like she, she's just sort of like ethereal, you know? Um, but what I think is interesting that I think you'll relate to in the Kirstie Alley uh, psychological saga. Now, your moon is not in Pisces, but your rising is in your North Node, where mm. p- the Pis- the conflict between Pisces and Capricorn is one where there's a tension present that oh, yeah. it's like a creative tension that there's a creative tension between things being like Capricorn really serious versus Pisces, nothing is real. Yeah. I think that's where the Scientology comes in. It's where the drug addiction comes in. It's where the escapism into food comes in. It's where the, you know, it's sort of like she actually knows her power. She knows how serious her ego and persona and image is. But then she needs to, like, cut it with something. No pun intended. But it's like there's sort of this desire to, like, cut the, the heaviness, the seriousness with 
Like I like I get where she would have mega creative breakthroughs, do some really weird religious shit, and like be addicted to whatever in whatever way, even if it's Scientology that she was addicted to at the end. Because there's so there's such a heavy weight on her shoulders with all the Capricorn and Aquarius that it's almost like that Pisces moon is a little bit like you know what nothing's real. Remi- reminder, nothing's real. It's why Scientology is actually appealing to her because she's like nothing's real anyway. Yeah, she she had a beef with Maxim Schmerkovsky in the last few months because when Ukraine happened. She she tweeted, like, I can't tell what's real and what's not. This is so crazy and weird. Like, and because she was a Trump supporter, too. She was, like, full MAGA in the last few years. So, like, she kind of was being like, oh, is Russia invading? Like, she was like, I'll just pray for people either way. And Maxim Schmerkovsky responded on Instagram and was like, basically was like, Kirstie, I know that you're better than this. And you are a good friend of mine. So I'm really surprised at you. Please understand that people are, like, dying. And My family. Yeah, exactly. And he did post a tribute to her today. So obviously they buried the hatchet, but... I think, well, even if they didn't burn the hatch, I think it's a good reminder, too, that, like, you know, you don't have to have the same beliefs as everybody that you love. You do need to be able to have the dialogue where you say, hey, I'm upset about if you're ignoring the fact that my family is being slaughtered. That's hard for me. But you're not just that. Right. And, like, they had done relief work together before for Hurricane Sandy. And he basically was like, how is it possible that the person who stood next to me and loaded trucks for Hurricane Sandy doesn't understand that this is real. But, like, that goes to what you're saying, like, not understanding reality versus yeah and just being so i mean i'm so mutable in that way as a pisces rising yes. like if you i i feel like i have such a grip on facts and logic and then at the same time like if i'm standing next to someone who has a completely different point of view and they just say it loud enough i'm like oh my god i was wrong about everything i've ever thought in my life and right. you know what i mean like it's totally. the, i ha- i totally get that whole pisces thing and well because that's the thing with pisces maddening. it's sort of well it's sort of like the it's the it's like the fullness of everything and therefore it's also nothing. So it's like, that's where it's like logic and reason actually do only get us so far. Whereas what Pisces represents is sort of the eternal, we are one. And it's, it's, it's intuition. It's spiritual truth. It's deeper truth. Like for Kirstie Alley, she doesn't really care about like the reality as much as she cares about her reality, which for Pisces is truly oftentimes riddled in a world of make-believe. And I want to say, quick amendment, I said something wrong in the Lindsay Lohan episode, and I want to take it back. She is meant to be a movie star. Because as I was sort of looking at Mm. Kirstie Alley's chart too, Pisces, what does Pisces represent? It is filmmaking. It is... It is make-believe. It is acting. It is the arts. Because Pisces is, I mean, Pisces is arguably, at its best, it's like the most one love, highest intuition, highest knowledge sign. Also, it is complete and total bullshit because it's sort of just like, it's just, it's like at the edge of dying and being reborn into Aries. So it's sort of like, it knows too much to know that anything's anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I have to leave because I have to find a 1970s outfit. I'm sorry (laughs) that I was, (laughs) I was a very depressed Pisces this weekend. That's why we didn't get any other episodes out. Um, But now I'm totally great. Maybe I'm bipolar. You know, these are the things that we have to think about. And I'm not joking. But do you like the Jews? I'm a big fan of the mentally well to me. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Most of them. Look, that's that's fair. One hundred percent. And I'm yeah, I we don't I don't like all any people. No, I do but, like all Jews. I actually am on the border line of like fetishizing, so 
Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, don't say it's a group that you're not a part of. Like, you're, you are, if there were any communities that the Jews are a part of that you are a part of, it would be like everything that you're involved in are where the Jews are. (laughs) I know. I know. I know. Well, that's why I said last week, when you say that Jews control the media, you're partaking in Mulshine erasure. And I'm I'm offended by that because my family exists too. And we control the media. And Mulshine Mulshine erasure now. Yeah. All right. That was great. Join our Patreon. Uh, Space Trash dot. No. Patreon. (laughs) Pisces. Pisces in the house. Patreon.com slash. Space Trash Podcast, and See? I'm getting fabulous reviews on our last episode. The more we coach, the better. People, are I like, know that was everyone is saying to me like Molly's the most relatable character of all time, and everything that you were saying was like it was so helpful to me. Like honestly, everybody was so thankful that we got so real on the Patreon. So definitely check it out. Yeah, um, we, we did talk get about, really real. We talk about the moment of time that we're that we're in, uh, sort of energetically, and and we let it all hang out. We did let it all hang out. Um, yeah, we did. It was a little depressing. I felt a little bit like, should we post this? Because it's really me complaining, which I... No, I've never gotten better feedback on any episode we've ever done. Well, I'm like a little bit of a baby and a brat. And as long as I paywall <laughs> it so that people are like taking it in voluntarily, I feel okay about it. And well, I'm trying like, to... If, if it's paywalled, it's because they... If people buy in, it's because they like us enough to want to know the, the, the wholeness of us. Right, right, right. right. Like, I, I'm, I'm going to put on a brave face for the... Uh, public facing content and not complain too much but then once the paywall is there i mean that's my megan and harry on netflix where i'm just gonna be like everyone mistreats me and it's time you heard it from me i mean i want to say like we haven't discussed this but okay so that comes out on thursday i would say stay tuned this weekend we're gonna have to talk about it oh my god i know no fucking Uh wait dude i know i can't wait either and and you know what's crazy like Every time I hear them talk about it, I become more on their side. And then when I hear someone else talk about it, I'm like, because then also, if you look at the, like, there's this big thing going on on Twitter right now. And this is something good to leave everybody on and just see what everyone's thoughts are. I really want to know what people think. In the the teasers that have been dropping for the Meghan and Harry show, they have all these photo montages of the paparazzi. And all of these photos of the photographers are from completely unrelated events that have nothing to do with Meghan and Harry. So Wait, one what? of them, like they have a picture of like all these photographers while they're like talking about how they've been chased by the media. It's a picture of a Harry Potter premiere. Wait, they're using like stock photography or just like lifting other images and pretending lifting... that that's outside of their house? Yeah, exactly. Oh and my God. I know. It's funny because it's on the line because I mean, like stock photography would be like a picture of a camera. This is actual Getty images of like other events being covered. And one of them was Katie Price, Jordan from the UK, walking into like a child custody hearing or something. Oh and like all the talk for shooting her. Because the thing that I that I always say that's like sort of slippery with them is like the paparazzi didn't follow them when they were in the UK. It, they, they don't follow royal family members. Like maybe once in a while someone will, but they those photos will not get published in the UK. There's no market for them because after Diana died, they put forth new like press guidelines and they're not allowed to do that anymore. So they're taking these pictures. That, and then this other one that shows a photographer shooting them from above, this guy retweeted it today and he was like, I cannot believe that this is being put across as if it was some sort of invasive photography. They invited us to this event to shoot pictures of them going into 
uh, Archbishop Desmond Tutu's house from this exact vantage point. And now they're using a picture of a respected photojournalist who was invited to shoot from there and making it as if he was spying on them. But that's where it's like, was that Meghan and Harry or was that the director? They 100% have final cut on all the promo materials. Like, and, no but did, are you don't. sure? Are we sure that they knew that the direct, like the direct, I mean, I guess they knew that the crowds weren't there. So like, right. they know it's not their crowd. <laughs> they know it's not their crowd. And I mean, but the, then the other argument is like, well, they're just using it to illustrate a story. And it's like, okay, but is the story true? And like, well, do it animated, make it animated. Right. And, and they have like a sort so... of multi multimedia doc. Right. And it just seems like they have so many legitimate beefs that they could absolutely complain about and have everyone on their side. Why do you need to pad it out with stuff that's a little faked? You know what I mean? Like, whoa, you We're don't gonna need, need to see to. it in action. We're going to need to see it in action on Thursday, but then we will discuss this weekend after we watch, because I'm very curious about the context with which these photos were used. I don't even know if they'll make it into the documentary. They could just be for the trailer. Oh yeah. But even, even worse in a way, even it's like, so, why would you yeah. guys call this a pod yourself? Why would, yeah. Why would you, I mean, yeah. And maybe they didn't sign off on it and it is probably fair, but it's just funny because it's like the teaser and already people are like, wait, what? This isn't well, it just, real. It doesn't help them. It like begs this larger question in general with them, which is like, why are they doing what they're doing? Exactly. They're they their own worst enemies. Like yeah. everyone was rooting for them. So everyone read Kirstie Alley's memoir, please. I mean, I think we need to go through it chapter by chapter personally. I, we already did the first one. I cannot wait. <laughs> the, the art of our slurred young men. Jesus Christ. And then we'll go through the rest of them. Maybe we'll paywall it. Maybe we'll let the world hear it. And R.I.P. Arsler I.P. Kirstie Alley. Arsler. <laughs> retarded in peace. <laughs> That's not okay. I think it is okay because she said we're it. quoting her. Say it. Once again, we're quoting her. Yeah. So, okay, everyone, we love you. And watch the new Harry and Meghan show. We're going we're gonna to have thoughts on that. And we'll be back tomorrow with an all-new Patreon where we talk about Kim's current next? fashion whatever and a bunch of other shit why is she wearing motocross pants we're gonna try to get uh, to the bottom of it yeah man damn <laughs> okay perfect okay bye space trash trash in space space trash lifestyles the rich and your space trash celebrities they're trash but the astrology can help us understand transmission incoming Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.